I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. It's great to be with you today, and it is time to dive into the numbers, uh, by the numbers, not patent by numbers, but uh, poll by numbers. And uh, to break that down, as always, uh, we have the uh, great Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. He is our tag team partner in the Deseret News Hinckley Institute uh, polling that we do each month. And uh, Jason, thanks for joining us today. It's always good to be with you, Boyd, and love doing these polls with you. I have to say, it's just so interesting. Uh, and the, and they, they just get more interesting. I keep thinking, ah, we're going to kind of flatten out and maybe we'll hit something that's kind of boring. Uh, but, man, you, you get into these numbers, and uh, for, for geeks like you and I, we can uh, get behind the numbers and, and really break it down. Uh, today we want to focus on, uh, obviously, there's a lot of chatter going on around uh, opening up schools. We're only a couple of weeks away for some of the school districts. Some have already postponed a week. Uh, but there's some really interesting numbers there. Share those numbers with us as it relates to uh, getting our kids back in school. Well, uh, we, we asked two questions as part of our poll, and it's interesting to look at them as sort of dis, uh, a distinct series of, of answers and responses. Uh, this, is, this issue about our kids going back to school is one that is, is just, uh, just hot right now in the state of Utah. It started for a while. It was trying to make decisions. But now that we're about to start going back to school in some parts of the state, uh, and, you know, and some not, most of the Salt Lake School District has decided to not, uh, it becomes a big question about well, how Utahns feel about going back for in-person classes in the fall in public education. Uh, but let's get the first one uh, that, that you and I uh, put, put out there is, should public schools in the local school district be open for in-class, uh, in-person classes in the fall? What's interesting is 48% of the people questioned said yes, they should be open. 31% said no, 21% not sure. What, what's interesting for this and something that you and I talked about when we got ready to go out in the field, this is of all Utahns. Right. Um, this is everyone, whether you have kids or not, uh, you know, how do you feel about it generally? And I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting in that one, Boyd, to me is uh, this, this, this question to many became very much a political question, just like masks have been. Uh, at, at least that's how it's breaking out. So if you look at the kind of the, the cross tabs of this, that means 68 percent of Republicans said open the schools. Uh, and for the Democrats, 62 percent of the Democrats said no, don't have in-person classes. It's just so interesting to see even there statewide it's about politics. Yeah, the, the politics is uh, coloring just about everything we talk about these days, from mass to sitting in a classroom to doing it remote. Uh, and those breakdowns are just fascinating. And it gets even more as you get into the masks in school, the mask mandate from the governor uh, for schools. So tell us about that breakdown. Well, yeah. So we want to say what reflects your your views. And so we, we know there's some politics in the masks. Uh, yeah, and how you view that issue sometimes just depends on your political preference. But we wanted to see, well, uh, what level are we talking about here? So uh, should, should the governor require statewide masks? 
And 43% of Utahns said, yes, we should require masks. And they say, well, what level? 18% of Utahns said it should be done at the local government level. 36% of Utahns said it's an individual decision. You should leave it to them. Interestingly, only 4% of Utahns are not sure about that. People definitely have an opinion about masks in the state of Utah. Yeah, that's that's right. There are <laughs> this is this is not the big undecided crowd <laughs> when it comes to the wearing a mask. And and I do think it's interesting too, particularly over the last uh, couple of days, as we've seen those number uh, of cases go down, uh, getting down uh, well below that 500 uh, target mark. Uh, that we had out there, and uh, it appears, for all intents and purposes, that the uh, the mask wearing is having an effect uh, in terms of uh, slowing that down a little bit. And uh, but then we then we get into this dynamic of okay, then then how do we actually do this? And so we we ask the question about okay, how are you going to educate <laughs> the children in the household this fall? Tell us about that. Well, well, that is exactly how do we educate them, and and we want to talk about how these families are approaching it, and we want to make sure that the teachers are safe as well. Utahns, by and large, say, hey, we want to have those conversations in the home, in the classroom, but really, Utahns feel like it should be something that comes from the top, that it becomes something that's an expectation from the governor. That is, well, 43 percent, that's the number. It's still less than 50 percent, but in terms of how people feel we should approach it, they feel like the whole state should be sort of in the saddle together on this one, and that will flow down through all these uh, different parts of government, but particularly as it relates to uh, schools, which becomes one of those big questions. And Utahns are not concerned about requiring those masks inside schools. Yeah, very fascinating. Uh, to, to this number, it's it's sixty two percent of Utahns yeah. said uh, uh, that's how we how we feel about the decision to make mandatory masks in school. Sixty two percent, only twenty seven percent of people said no. There seems to be uniformity, no matter what party you are. That uh, even you know with the with the Republicans and the Democrats, fifty to eighty eighty seven percent say yes, they support that mask policy. Yeah, and I, and I think that's uh, again important. Uh, we've been trying uh, here in terms of our uh, our moonshot to uh, Labor Day, uh, and really just having every individual, every family, every community just ask. What can I do? What can I do to make a difference in this space between now and Labor Day uh, to really go on this quest to, to quash the virus and, and get us ready for a very important fall? Uh, I think we don't spend enough time talking about the long-term ramifications uh, to these students, student athletes, student musicians, student artists uh, that are all have all been basically on hold in a lot of these things. And, and now as you look at how do we get back to school and then what does that mean for sports and for music and for dance and all of those other extracurricular activities that are equally, if not more important, <laughs> than uh, what happens in the classroom as well. So all of those things have to be factored in. Well, they just do. And I, I think that explains uh, a little bit of, of, the, of the second question that we asked in our poll about, about these school-aged children. And the masks got to this question because uh, it, it becomes a little less political when you just ask parents yes. how they feel about their kids going to school. Because uh, it, it does change. It's a little less on the, on the political side, particularly when it comes to these safeguards that are put in place like the masks. In uh, the question that you and I asked, because it does get to that mask question, otherwise people feeling how safe they, they feel about these most important decisions, particularly sending their kids to school. Um, 54% of the, of the people in the state who have children in school are, are, are planning on sending their child to school. And I think that the question you just asked plays to that, that comfort level because it goes up uh, to 54%. 
23% people participating remotely. And the more people follow this moonshot idea that you have put forward, which I think is brilliant, uh, the more those, this, the, the more those people feel more confident in those people going to school or participating in the activities uh, that matter so much for these kids. Yeah, uh, fascinating. And we'll, uh, we'll continue to monitor that. And we have a, uh, a lot more of the poll results to, uh, to share with you. Tomorrow will be another big day as we roll out some more of our most recent Deseret News Hinkley Institute of Politics poll uh, out here in the state of Utah. And Jason, before I let you go, uh, the Hinckley Institute, the University of Utah, is uh, on tap uh, to host the vice presidential debate this fall. Uh, we anticipate that uh, on the Democratic side, that former Vice President Joe Biden will select his vice president uh, in the next few days. We also learned today he's not going to attend the convention of the Democrats uh, in Milwaukee in person. He'll just do that by technology. Uh, so give us uh, some quick assessment. What is uh, what is this pick going to say? What do you think? He, where do you think he's leaning at this point? And then how's that going to impact the debate? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you how about if I get that last one? Because it's so interesting <laughs> as I give you my my top picks who I think that's going to be. But this debate is going to be on October 7th at Kingsbury Hall at the University of Utah. And, and to kind of answer your question about how important this pick is, it's definitely important for uh, for Joe Biden and his his probability of being successful. But in terms of how it's impacting the debate, uh, the Commission on Presidential Debates met with us last week, and normally you have 35, 40 million people watching the vice presidential debate. They've upped that number because of the interest in this ticket oh, to wow. 100 million. Whoa. They're expecting 100 million people in the world to watch this vice presidential debate. And I think it's largely because of how interested they are in this vice presidential pick. Yeah, so fascinating. All right, well, give me uh, give me your top three uh, coming down the stretch here. Okay, uh, I'm not getting any order because who knows. But here, here's, <laughs> here's what I think. So I, I think you still have to give the top three spots to, to Kamala Harris. And Kamala uh-huh. Harris, uh, you know, her name ID is becoming very great. She represents a state that Joe Biden wants to make sure California. Uh, she's a former prosecutor. Uh, people are going to like her approach, uh, particularly when it comes to this. I'm looking at this debate. They're going to like how she debates, but also her ability to maybe go after President Trump in some, yeah. some extent because of her experience. So I, I'm going to give that top, uh, t- top three. I'm going to give Susan Rice. Maybe I'm going to do these are the two top one and two. How about that? Yeah, Boy, that works. These are the two to watch. <laughs> uh, but but uh, and former Ambassador Susan Rice, uh, great uh, connections to the, the to the Bidens, but also to Obama, serving as an ambassador to the United Nations, United States National Security Advisor, all the way up to 2017. Uh, even though she's never run for political office herself. Uh, it doesn't represent a state necessarily that's important to Biden. She brings a lot of those other qualities that I think he's looking looking to. And I really think those are the two top top, top picks. I can give you some others, but those are the two top ones. I yeah, think. I, I think that's uh, I think those are the, the last two. I think everything else is window dressing at this point. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Kamala Harris has got the inside path, although it may be one of those that she peaked a little early. And uh, people may be saying, well, maybe maybe not. Uh, I think uh, Susan Rice is a very strong. I think her biggest challenge uh, comes in the form of a single word that President Trump loves to use, and it's Benghazi. Uh, and I think that will be the challenging point. So it's going to be very fascinating. We'll keep watching it, and whoever that ends up being will be here in Utah uh, come October uh, for an important vice presidential debate up there at the University of Utah. Jason Perry, always appreciate your insight. Way to crack the numbers and uh, give us the insight we need to move it all forward. Uh, we'll have you back in real soon. Sounds good. You're the best, Boyd. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to look back and look forward 
Tomorrow is the 75th anniversary of the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. What are the lessons learned? What do we still need to know? Find out next. Hey. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.